I feel the old model really centers around really the gifts and abilities of one person distributed through those that want to do and multiply that person's vision. In the Sugar Riders, it's, it's a lot different. What we promote is what is God saying to you? Let's get behind it. Let's make room for it. Let's get wings for it. Let's build a team around it. Um, and then as it explodes, we let it run. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. Today's show is going to be a little different. You know, I want to honor uh, a fallen saint, uh, a man who has really followed after God, a guy named Brian Brent. Uh, I actually had an opportunity to have a conversation with him and his son, Nick, uh, in July of this year, and he ended up passing away in November of this year. In the time of our conversation, it, there was really no notion of, of, of that happening this year. Actually, he had been on the show one other time, and uh, we had had an amazing conversation about Keith Green and circuit riders and many of the things he was doing. And I never hit the record button. <laughs> and so, so we never uh, aired that show, and that was years ago. Just wanted to talk with him about his heart for leading this movement. Like, how has he been so such an empowering leader and just giving away everything? So I ended up uh, contacting him, asked him to come on the show. And very much in Brian Brent's fashion, he brought his son. I watched the funeral in November, and one of the things I want to just call you to action right now and, and uh, before we begin to the show is to go to brianbrent.com, and on there you can uh, be a part of, of supporting his widow, which is Christy Brent. And uh, they have uh, four children, I believe, and uh, they're just an amazing, amazing family who loves God. And you can see more about more of his life on brianbrent.com. Today on The Kindling Fire, I have the uh, exciting privilege to have Brian Brent and his son, Nick, on the show. Guys, thanks for coming on. Oh, we're so excited to be here. Come on. So uh, you guys, uh, if you know anything about uh, Circuit Riders, uh, if you don't, you need to. So Circuit Riders is an amazing movement out of Southern California that is affecting college campuses all around the nation. So the Circuit Riders comes out of this moment with this great woman named Amy Ward. And she has this dream in the middle of the night, Nick, you remember this? And yeah, she sees a colonial dressed angel and and it's just, it's mind blowing. Like what in the world is this about? And she says, when she woke up, she heard the line, it's time to release the circuit riders again. Yeah. And we were crisscrossing America with fire in our eyes, bringing reformation unto uh, revival. Yeah. And that's what started it. Yes, yeah, so this woman has this uh, encounter at the time we're all living in uh, youth of the mission in Kona, Hawaii. Yeah. And so the kind of DNA of YWAM is to do training schools. So we thought, all right, let's let's do the word and do a training school, and we'll call it the School of Circuit Riders. Well, fast forwarding a very long story um, with really bad marketing, with everything you can imagine not going <laughs> well, we gathered 300 young people, though, which was a historic number. And the testimonies of why people were coming were ridiculous. Like, I was in my quiet time and God told me I'm a circuit writer. I had no idea what it was. I Googled it and oh, I found it. Oh, that's <laughs> probably my favorite one is a guy, God visits him and tells him, You're called to be a circuit writer. He hears about the school. Go to him. He goes, No, I'm working for a church. I'm comfortable in my job. And he says, No to the Lord. And the next day, the pastor comes in and lets him go. And he hears the Lord say, I'm calling you to be a circuit writer. <laughs> that's a good I'm, story. 
I mean, it's so amazing. So yeah. we, we all get there. We do this training school and God shifts our focus from the nations and grips our heart for America. And um, we end up, long story short, a small team of us end up moving to Southern California saying, you know what, we believe the harvest is ripe. We want to see a move of evangelism, a, a wave of missions mobilization. And kind of our first open door was uh, the University of Southern California. We did an evangelistic gathering there. It, it uh, exploded. And really just through grassroots student connection, this college movement began while we kept doing these training schools around America. And so now today we have about uh, almost 200 full-time staff here. True. Yep. And we're doing what's up on a few hundred universities across America. And uh, it's just crazy. There's too much to talk about. But the story is really a God thing. Has nothing to do with like a strategy we made up. None of this was on oh, a vision. Yeah, yeah. This so fine. And God has just done one miracle after another. True. So let's talk about this for a minute. So Brian, you've got a history of doing college ministry or some time up in Washington, I believe, before yes. the circuit rider uh, thing kind of came to be. And here's the specifics that I want to talk about is a little bit of your viewpoint of sort of old and new leadership models that you've seen that God is like breathing on now and kind of contrasting to maybe maybe what God was doing in the past. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it, uh, in, this is so simple in my mind because I watch it every day. It's kind of when the old model of leader is they've got it. They, you know, they communicate in different ways. You know, they could be the apostle, they could be the head elder, the head, you know, it's always the head of something, head of the organization. And really what, what I see in the modern world is it deactivates all the brilliance and the innovation and the, it doesn't totally deactivate you. You're still on the team, but that part of you that says, if I don't come through, if I don't step out in faith, nothing's going to happen. And so I feel the old model really centers around really the gifts and abilities of one person distributed through those that want to do and multiply that person's vision. In the circuit riders, it's, it's a lot different because each, each student, each staff, what we promote is what is God saying to you? And I know it's so simple, but let's get behind it. Let's make room for it. Let's get wings for it. Let's build a team around it. Um, and then as it explodes, we let it run. I mean, there's all kinds of accidents that happen, you know, different, oh, it didn't turn out as good or, but we don't pull back into some sort of, you know, reflection or deep time of church kind of discipline. We're like, guys, come on, man. Let's, let, let's figure this out again. Let's, let's get it again. And really what's happened through that model is empowerment yeah. because right now for Nick, you're, you're getting ready to think about next year, what are you going to do across colleges? Right. Right. I'm not thinking about that at all in truth. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I am not spending any time in my evenings thinking about what we're going to do on colleges next year, because Nick and all of his buddies are going to be meeting and doing that and figuring that out. Now I can't wait to hear what they're going to say. And if it doesn't involve Bible verses, if it doesn't involve, you know, Christian ethics. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be definitely bringing those to the table. But Nick then has probably what do you think? 60, 70 other Nicks. Right. And and some of them are headed to Nairobi. Some of them are headed to Cairo. Some of them are headed to the East Coast. 
So it just begins to multiply a real flat line of innovation, creativity, and empowerment. Want to add that, Nick? Yeah, I think that the that you that that one man model, and it can be a couple people or one man. It's kind of like the only ownership I can have in that model as a young person is just owning their vision mm-hmm. and being support and grow what it is. But in that model, I, I really am not. I can't really have vision. I can't really build. I have to ask permission for everything, and the world's changing so quickly that really, and then you're always kind of limited to that person's creativity, that person's gift and that person's charisma and ability and knowledge and all those different things. Whereas kind of my dad's philosophy that he's put is, is he's more taken the role as a coach. Mm. So instead of like the leader being the lead player, almost the leader becomes the coach and creates many players doing many visions, building teams around them. And so we've kind of developed very much more like almost circuitous is kind of like a business incubator in some ways to use secular language for a moment. I'd say every year there's at least three to five new ideas that my dad will go, that's right. Help build the leadership team, help coach the vision, and then actually give them real power and real empowerment to move it out. And I think it's his model that is the reason why we spread everywhere. Um, I think that most people from that other system, in fact, they're always uncomfortable with how much risk and empowerment my dad operates <laughs> every yeah, single day. Yeah. Crazy. So I heard Lauren Cunningham saying, Kona, he said, you can either um, build leaders or protect your reputation. Wow. Um, but you can't do both. Really? Right. You, and, and he felt like the Lord kind of confronted him and some missteps that were made in YWAM. And he basically, the Lord was like, do you want to build leaders or do you want to protect your reputation and, and, and in doing it right or whatever? And, and he was like, Lord, I want to build leaders. And, you know, and that's, you know, so, you know, I know we have a mutual affection for Lauren Kahneman. I think he's amazing. (laughs) Uh, And um, he's had so much fruit. I, I think the thing I want to talk about now is that trans, that sort of like, okay, awesome. Does, does everything go perfectly? I doubt it, but I'm going to ask, like, what do you do when it, when it, the wheels fall off, right? Or people morally get out of whack or just things go kind of sideways. Like how, what's, what's you guys been experiencing kind of like, like, how does that look? I think the big thing we emphasize is one little simple thing is, Guys, we might be good at ministry. We might not be good at ministry. Things are going to blow up. Or number two, um, there's going to be moments along the way where we're going to act in real immaturity. Mm. We're always pull over the car. We're going to work on our relationship with Jesus and our friendships with each other. And that will always prioritize ministry success or some, some sort of ministry breakthrough. So we set an expectation that there's going to be mistakes guys are going to fall off the wagon, but we're going to be waiting for them when they fall off the wagon. We're not going to boot them out, but we're going to bring restoration and walk with them. And I think what that's done, Nick, is it's taken the performance out. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we've had the craziest things happen that are really no big deal. I remember sometimes, you know, it could be a college trip. You know, you'll tell me this guy is talking too much or humming in the car or driving his roommates insane. And, and, you know, it's just garden variety, young people stuff. But if it gets into something deeper, yeah, we just have a view of like, we want to see you in the next 50 years running for Jesus. Mm. So what? forget the ministry. 
let's run together for the next year. Let's get this right. You might not want to do ministry with us after that year. You might want to be a businessman. You might want to do something else, but let's keep ourselves close to Christ. And I, I think that's the, the grace side of it. So it deals with sin, Nick. Yeah. I think my dad emphasizes it's like three layers, almost like culture, relationships, and the vision is the last one. And so very influenced by, you know, my parents' conviction and then people like Joy Dawson from, you know, yeah. YWAM, classic line, if you don't live a message, you live your message, you have no message. So my dad's emphasis of culture kind of becomes that guiding principle of like, well, whatever I'm doing, does this really fit our values? And this is our culture. And then two is that we're willing and everyone knows it in our community that we're willing to stop the car and stop having success if people are getting hurt or people aren't doing well or if someone needs breakthrough. And then lastly, the vision comes last in terms of like the ministry success. And we don't really put a big pressure on like you need to hit these markers or these goals or we want to be here. or This is our growth marks. We actually never talk about that stuff. Um, and by focusing on the culture of relationship, we've actually blown away our private expectations in the vision category because the leaders are healthier longer and people are having fun doing what they're doing. And because they're having fun, they're, they're working harder. They're putting more effort into it. And so I think it's that kind of system of focus that really, in all honesty, while we have had some blowups for sure in discipleship, we haven't had any like the the train went off the tracks yeah so to me it's like the way you guys have it structured so because i think what i've seen and probably felt is that when vision is in the front you know um even mission like the mission the call the the higher call is in front sometimes based on the results if it's very results oriented you can get that sort of you get this hidden nature it's sort of like i want to look good but I'm not good. I'm not good. Like I want to look the part. I want to do the thing. Uh, but internally I'm actually struggling, which really means quote, I'm failing. And nobody kind of, kind of knows it because it would be like, well, you know, you're corrupting the mission or you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're impacting the mission or whatever, or the, or the vision. And where it sounds like you guys are like, no, like God cares about a person and if that person, you know, gets free, whole, uh, healthy, then all the fruit, you get a lifetime of fruit out of that person's life. Um, yes. Whereas if you just want to be like, you know, run and gun two years really hard, left on the side of the road, hey, good luck to you. I hope you, you know, that you, you get help with that. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? That's, That's real. actually real. Yeah, it happens all That's the time. Real. Yeah. And so, um, man, that is so good. So I, I think that another type of question I want to talk about is like that culture when it hits against churches, you know, because churches can have all kinds of cultures, right? They can have circuit rider kind of cultures. They can have hot, top down cultures. Like how do you guys like honor and, and interact with, with the churches? I guess that would be my question. We, we, tried to, we tried to get really good at it for about a month, and then uh, we fired ourselves, and we came up with this simple thought process is that our whole role towards the church is that of Barnabas. We're going to be sons of encouragement, daughters of encouragement, and instead of working on changing the church, 
working on, you know, always having some upgrade for the local church, being those guys, we were just truly going to come in and enjoy the local church and, and err on over encouragement. Yeah. And we have made so many friends and it just changes the dynamic because they're expecting the parachurch to kind of come in. We're evangelizing this time. People were led to Christ. What are you guys really doing? All of that. And then we just come in and, and it's kind of a way we think about pastors as heroes and as pastors of those that have, have the hardest jobs on the earth in many ways. They're giving their very lives, their guts. They're, they're just pouring out. Not Now, we know there's a few bad apples in every industry, but by and large, that's what we find. And it's amazing the friendships yeah. in the thousands yeah. that, have, that have developed just through becoming all we do is encourage. Yeah, and that model, like, you know, we actually see more people, in, in a sense, see reform through that door of encouragement and and really that my dad's thing is the the culture of the radical servant of coming behind and, and serving pastors or serving a local movement on a college campus or whatever the different things are and we've seen more you know pastors go man i've just been so long since i've received encouragement and been around you know young people that really honored the gift on my life and just thanked me 25 times they we we saw them get more on fire just from just being encouraged yes. than any like you know coming in and going you know when's the last time that your church evangelized right um and i think it's also my dad does a good job just go like delineating gifts like hey circularize we're called to be catalytic evangelists you know if you were doing that on a sunday morning because my dad was a pastor for so many years that just doesn't work that way there's too many needs there's too many dynamics so it's also it's that gift of honor encouragement and then also realizing like there's different lanes too and not putting our lane that everyone else needs to be in it that we're running in ours and then we need to honor others because if we were doing his job man we might just be you know the worst the worst our heads exploded church is on fire no one wants to come back they like us for three weeks then go where's my old pastor get him back here as fast as we can so we're real aware of our our limitations yeah so so talk a little bit about working in teams uh, it sounds like a lot of how you guys do everything is very team. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about that kind of lessons learned uh, pieces that, yeah, just work, working in teams. I think a big book that influenced was tribal leadership. Have you read that by chance? No, I have tribal, not. You know, remember, remember there's, there's four stages of tribal leadership. The first, like one of the stages was you're always operating with a chip on your shoulder kind of that Oakland Raider in the old days, like, we're better than you. We're going to take you down. You know, I love that team in the day. I think we all did <laughs> as sports fans. And then, uh, you know, that's, that's level three. That's level three. Yeah. You want to hit level yeah, four? Yes. And then level four is we're skipping a few of them, but is uh, level three is I'm great and you're not level four is we're great and you're not. And then level five is basically what they call like innocent wonder. And so the goal set of the book is that you want to be a team that isn't with um, other, you want to be a team that's not um, competing with other organizations or people, but you want to have like a big picture. So like, for example, they give a, a hospital's example, they're competing against cancer. So we as a hospital are great and that disease is bad and we're warring against that. Yep. Not like the neighboring hospital want to, you know, be a better than them. 
Mm. And then that five is when you kind of lose your sense of, of like that you're in a competitive world or trying to have success and you just get caught in the moment of, you get kind of caught in inspiration. So a lot of our team, we really emphasize collaboration and we emphasize that if we're really going to impact these huge vision pieces, there's no way that we're going to do it by ourselves. And we boot that competition out with like, you know, we're trying to beat fill in the blank ministry or we're trying to be the best college movement. We're just trying to hit at 95% or to 98% of a college campus is unsaved. That's our enemy is that the odds are against us. And we need to see revival in this generation. So if we want to see that, we have to band together an uncommon collaboration to hit that and to win. If, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Hey, so this is a question for you, Brian. So how have you um, it, or others that are sort of of a, a, an older generation uh, created an approachable environment uh, around you? Yeah, you know, I, there's there's kind of three things I try to do and live is that I, I really try to never take I, this is so simple, but I, I just don't take myself that serious. Um, and so it, it it's a culture of approachability. Um, you know, if, if you see me, you think, oh, is Brian going to want to talk about the send? And, and I never talk about the send. I want to talk about you and what you're doing and what God's telling you. Or so it's one is just not taking what I'm doing as the priority, but others makes approachability. Two, I try to do as much stuff as I can around food. I know that's so simple, but we have so many meals, so many snacks so many parties celebrations so real attitude of celebration draws us together in terms of approachability and then three i've always told the crew here like as soon as i know i've screwed up i'm going to come straight to you guys and uh, i'm going to tell you and so i invite a lot of input and then when i realized man guys uh this is a funny story but when the send came out the first couple months of the very beginning of the send i had this thought i go man this is the first time I'm ever going to be on a poster. This is cool. And then about a week later, two weeks later, I go, man, that's the very thing that I used to tell other people that wasn't important. But I actually think in my dark side that, that this is actually really cool. And it's my, so I, I went before this, I gathered the whole crew and I said, Hey guys, there's no difference between me and these other guys. I, I, I wanted the exact same thing when it was given to me and we all had a good laugh. I repented. I took myself off the poster from there on out. I said, don't trust me before you know it. I'm going to have a gold watch on and, and uh, you know, crazy Mercedes Benz. And, you know, of course that's not true, but, but we just had fun with it. And they see that I'm a normal sinner saved by grace. And that brings the approachability and, 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 and fun. They, they would say, I think Nick would say, he'll say, man, why is that guy always so joyful? Oh yeah. Yeah. My dad outcompetes everybody in joy. 100%. You know what? Hey, that is an awesome, awesome thing to win at. Oh, <laughs> uh, always got joy. And it's true. And you know what? I've seen him do it so many times in front of so many young people and own so many things that even like he, I didn't think he needed to own, but he just wanted to do it. And it so, has built a culture of family and friendship here where people like really just, just trust my dad because he, they know that even if it's a small thing, he's going to come back and he's going to make it right with everybody. So I want to show you something real quick. You see this? 
fatherhood face plants. Oh, I love Dude, it. I, I just it. released this book. And okay, I've, look, this book is about me screwing up. But it's like, I'm a, not a great character in this book. <laughs> God is that's, that's so great in this book. Like God is the hero. I, I kind of like have, a, here's my warts. Here's some stuff that I regret. You know, so, so I mean, I mean, I, I, I showed this title. Like every guy that I've met, they're like, like dads are like, yes, I love that title. <laughs> I do. I love that title. That is cool. That thing's going to sell out. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times my dad will have a leader come and, you know, they'll want the powwow. They want the advice. Like, what's the secret? Like, sure. or they'll have a problem. They don't follow me. They won't do what I'm saying. I'm trying to build. And they're just, you know, use big words. They're insubordinate. They're this. They're rebellious. I'm trying to drive out breakthrough. And my dad will look at them and go, you know, most likely the problem is you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most, when's the last time that you apologize for something? You know, oh, do you? with him do you and the, the, you know that's it's and he does it with somehow my dad's this thing where he he, he gets you to laugh and he, and he gets you to do it with joy but he really leads that culture so well man that's that so good. <laughs> on amazon yeah man fatherhood face plants i'm not promoting it but i just thought dude man you i just released it and uh i think <laughs> i think you would we like need it. more books like this man it's, uh, and it's is it on your site? Because I want to I want to post that on my site. I got so many dads that will want that book all around the country. Uh, I'll, I'll send I'll send you something. But uh, yeah, because okay, so I, I mean, because <laughs> every dad knows. Right. And I think I, I want to end with this, Nick. And you've kind of talked about it. But I mean, do you even though you, your dad might you might be like, hey, dad, you really don't have to share that like. But I mean, what what is your response been when your dad is kind of, I guess, been vulnerable or been honest? I mean, for me, I mean, I just I just honestly just gives more respect every single time. I mean, it just set the bar. Honestly, I think truly like in the guys that have been here the longest that like I mean they've been around my dad more. He has more time to pour into. I mean, I mean, just to be straight up, my dad's my hero, uh, my best friend. And I think all the guys we just have such a loyalty um a loyalty to my dad because um we see that like this is what we imagine you know jesus would live like as a leader and i everyone that's here you know the, the set the, the lines that are said all the time is like all right are we all in then we'll do the vision you know like, like you feel like this is good like then we'll do the vision more we're more relational like if we're all in all right let's do it you know like this is so scary but if we're all in let's go for it and i think more than anything it, it trickles down so i mean just yesterday i was leading our whole creative team and we just um we there was like three great areas of feedback where i'm like oh man there's nobody but to blame than me on that yeah. and so then i go well if dad's doing it i gotta own my stuff too and yeah and it trickles down to the guy who, who's leading the video department you know he just had a moment and he had to go and guys, I'm sorry. I, I don't communicate very well. So it, it trickles down yeah. and um, it just creates a, and I think the last thing I'll say on this is my dad had, we have this culture of joyful repentance. And so it's not about, you know, really like guys, I just failed, you know, like sackcloth and ashes. It's almost become like just part of the deal. Like guys, <laughs> let's all take the laughs at my expense. What have I been doing? I'm so sorry. Everyone laughs, everyone moves forward. 
and we all become that much better friends. Yeah, man, so, I tell you what, there's so many older men that need to hear that because they're so they've grown up in a culture where they're they're afraid. They're afraid of failing. They're afraid of not being Jesus. Go figure. I don't know why. You know, you're like perfect. You know, it's just like, guys, relax. Like you don't have to be Jesus. We're gonna be like Jesus, but you're not Jesus. You're not the Messiah. Like you can just take a breath, and we're all in this together. So. <laughs> wow come on so i'm so thank you so much guys for coming send us that we love you man oh man we're so stoked on what you guys are doing just it's just such a it's such a joy to talk about this because this is where everything's going and it's just so important this conversation has had everywhere yeah yeah and and guys i really appreciate you guys time and uh yeah i'll definitely send you some some of my facebook let's go dad all right We'll see you. See you guys. Bye. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. This is going to be the last show for 2021. I'm going to be taking a break for Christmas, spend some time with my family, and I will be back in 2022. All right, guys. Be awesome.